Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. sin and his presence that's what we're doing tonight my sins and his presence so what i'm going to do tonight is i'm going to go through the story of samson by no means will this be an in-depth explanation of everything because we don't have a time for it but there's some lines i want to draw from his life and i want to land it in our midst and i want us as a congregation to respond prophetically to what scripture is revealing to us tonight. Now, I don't know if you guys, I mean, who has read the story before? Hands up. Who's read the story of Samson? Okay, right. Who remembers this? There was a time when Samson was mad at the Philistines. And he went and caught what? Who remembers this? He went and he caught animals. What did he catch? Who remembers? Okay, you've got it. Someone else, what did he catch? He, he caught 300 of it. Foxes, okay. How do you catch 300 foxes? What do you do to do it? I mean, do you have traps? Or are you just fast? I mean, 300 yakulsa. Then what did he do? He tied them together by the tail, set the tails on fire, and sent them into the crops of the Philistines, demolishing their, uh, their food supplies. I mean, who, who does that? Who can catch one fox with his hands? I mean, they didn't have buckies back then. Okay. 300. I mean, it's an incredible story. And uh, I, I just want to touch on this crazy story and just land some really incredible truths. Um, there's a lot to say in this. So if you want to turn to your own Bible, that's, you're welcome. We're in Judges 13. You can also follow on the screen. We're going to touch mostly on the main veins of the story. And then we're going to end with two main ideas. That's, that's where we're heading tonight. Okay? One, two, that's it. But let's go through the story and see what God wants to tell us tonight. There was a certain man of Zorah. You know the Old Testament names. Everyone laugh at me, but you come and read these names, okay? I'll get one of those pieces where they just list names. And give the mic to some people. Eh? Then I can laugh for a change, have you? <laughs> okay, let's do it. There was a certain man of Zorah of the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manao. His wife was barren and had no children. The angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have not born children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now, let's just for a moment go to the end of the story. We know the story for this biblical character does not end very well. All right? It ends with him losing the presence of God, his anointing, and dying amongst the Philistines. Quickly, just read with your eyes open the start of the story. Who says you will bear a son? It's God. 
He knows about this man. He's saying, you will bear a son. I know about him. Let's carry on. Check what God says about him. Be careful and drink no wine and strong drink and eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. Now, I don't want to go into depth into the Nazarene vow, but it's children that was consecrated to God. They did not drink and they did not cut their hair and there was a few other things. And so from the womb, God says, this is mine. Son is mine. He will be a Nazarite to God from the womb. This man is not an, is not an accident. God knows about him. And he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Okay. Firstly, he did not happen by accident. It's my son. Secondly, he's going to be the deliverer of Israel. God bestows purpose on him. I know him and I send him. God loves this boy. Okay. There was a purpose in his birth. We're at the start of a story. It goes on. It says, And the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the young man grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord, check this out. This is a man where it does not end well. Read this for yourself. And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him. Wow. That is our prayer for our children. God, will you stir this young heart? Will you bless Alexander? Will you bless our children? And then what if God comes and he stirs with his spirit in our children? Surely it's amazing. God is right there in this young man's life. Not only does he have a purpose, God also stirs in him. God is there. He's with this man. It goes on. I'm fast-forwarding in the story, where Samson closes his heart to counsel. So what happens is, he, the main point I'm hitting is not the man's trouble with women. That is the essence of the story, and it's another sermon. You'll see why. We're going to talk through his issues with ladies, okay? But the real issue, the truth we're looking for is below that. So just hold on. He sees a woman... And this is what he tells his parents. This is not Delilah. There was another one. He came up and told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. This is his parents. These are the people who consecrated him to God. Like what happened tonight. These parents, they were good parents. They brought up their son committed him to God, did not shave his hair, he did not give him alcohol. They knew what they were doing. He sees a woman, he goes to his parents and he says, now get her for me. He does not sit at their feet. He does not say, Dad, what do you think? Man, have you ever been in a situation where you've, you know, falling in love with maybe someone you should not? How do, how do I handle that? 
You know, physically I'm strong, but emotionally I don't know what's going on here. I mean, surely his dad was there for him. He's been there all along. He says, no, you get her for me. His dad replies, where parents speaks up, it says, his father and mother said to him, is there not a woman among the daughters of your relatives or among our people that you must go and take a wife from the uncircumcised, the Philistines? But again, Samson said to his father, get her for me. She is right in whose eyes? My eyes. She's right in my eyes. I want her. Get her for me. So we see him straying, closing his heart to counsel that God has placed around him. And then we go on and we see God remains faithful. We see God still being with this man. So he's walking down to go and get his wife and scripture picks up in Judges 14 verse 6 and it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. Although he had nothing in his hand, he tore the lion in pieces. A lion confronted him on his journey. Okay? And as one tears a young goat, but he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with a woman, and she was right in Samson's eyes again. We see God pressing into him the whole time. I am with you. You are making foolish decisions, but still we see God on his journey. God does not leave him. God presses in, and he gives him power not to be killed by a lion. We see God remain faithful. Another situation where God remains faithful, when he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting to meet him, and then the Spirit of the Lord again comes to this man's aid, rushed upon him. God moved quickly. God had his eyes on this man. And the robes that were on his arms became flags that became like flags that had caught fire, and his bonds melted of his hands. And he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey and put out his hand and took it. And with it, he struck 1,000 men. That's not a man. That's God rushing upon him with his spirit. I will not give up on you. So what happens is, there's two instances, um, if we go to the next slide, where this man, the one, the one um, time they were at a party and he made up a riddle and he said, if anyone can figure out this riddle, then, you know, he would, he would give them something. There would be a reward, right? Um, and he held the secret and then his girlfriend came over and over to him and asked him, please, what is the answer to this riddle? Listen to what the scripture says. It says, at last on the seventh day, he told her the answer because she was tormenting him with her nagging. Okay. I'm not trying to be funny. This is the Bible. Um, <laughs> the point is, he told, him, he told her because emotionally, he was not rooted in God. And so when the woman kept on nagging him, it actually moved his emotions to share what he should not share. The same thing happens with Delilah. Three times she tries to catch him. On the third time, this is what the scripture says. 
she tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. And he told her all. Okay? At that moment, he told this woman, if you cut my hair, I will lose my strength. And she did it. Okay, that's where we are in the story. This time the man comes in. He's got no more hair. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free and look at what it says. That last sentence. This is the nail we're hitting tonight. He did not know that the Lord had left him. He did not know that the Lord had left him. And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles. He's a prisoner now. We're going to his last moments and then we're going to recap. Then Samson called to the Lord. So what's happening is they're having a feast and they called him out to mock him. They say, bring the man, let us mock him because now he's weak. So he's standing there and everyone is having a party around him and he's got no eyes and they're joking and they're actually having a feast because now this man has killed many Philistines and now there he is, powerless. And this is his last prayer to God or conversation. And this is what the man says. He says, O Lord God, please remember me and please strengthen me only this once, O God, that I may be avenged on the Philistines for my two eyes. Okay? That I may be avenged on the Philistines for my two eyes. Two points for tonight, only two. And I pray that it goes in. Number one, even though this man knew the power of God, he did not know the presence of God. Why? Because when the presence of God left him, he did not even know it. Isn't that interesting? I mean, when, when he was hitting these men, a thousand, and catching the foxes, he thought it was himself. He thought it was him. Because when God left, he did not even notice. He stood up, he thought it's up for the fight. He did not know God face to face. What does that say for us? What does it mean for us to, for tonight? And I hope it, it gets into our heart in the right way. That even if we have amazing times here in front, even if we worship God, and the band is, according to our standards, happening, and we are singing, and we're feeling it. Yes, it's something in our heart. And there's friends, and you just, you, just, you know, we, we, we read the word, and that's also great. We must have these things. We can be around all these things that God can do around his power 
and yet lived passing, lived passing totally to a place where we know his staff, we know what it sounds like when a band gets going, we know what it should be like at church, someone you know, should preach at church. We know how these things look, but, but there's a moment where we have to ask ourselves and make sure that in all of this we remain face to face with God himself. To know his presence. To know his love. In a group we come to worship. That's biblical. Each one unto his own heart. Must usher his heart into the face of Christ. I want to know you. Each one, when the word are being read, can play on his cell phone or in his head. The guys, we do that. We score tries in our head. We... You know, we, the final try in the dead minutes, that's us. You know, so, I'm joking, but, but I mean, the enemy is out there to take our hearts. Each of us should put our face into the face of God and get to know his presence. Does that make sense? Let us be known that we are people that know Jesus personally. If there's 30 people, rather give me 30 people who seeks the face of Christ than the masses that wants the action. How the power of God is on display in the world in such a... It's, God is being sold, you know, by TV evangelists and by a lot of stuff that's happening and, and people are driving to see a, sh a God show but no one is willing to wake up early and stand face to face with him for themselves I'll take 30 heart to heart face to face and that's what he's inviting us to do he's a God of a relationship not the God of a show and so Samson had impressive shows gwah 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 but he didn't have a face to face. And I think God is inviting us again. I'm there. I'm stirring in you. I'm coming for you. I'm helping you through the challenges. He will rush upon you quickly to help you. But know this. He longs for relationship face to face. Number two. We're going to pray a lot about this in intercession. Um, if you guys want to come. Number two. Samson did not know his own sin. The two are related. We can only get into God's presence through repentance. At his last moment, at his last moment, guys, this is, this is a moment before you die, okay? This is a moment before you die. And God is there because he stirs him up once again. But look at the man's conversation. He's saying, Lord, strengthen me only this once that I may be avenged because the Philistines took my eyes. <laughs> These people are so sinful. <laughs> they took my eyes. Let's kill them all. Oh. And his last moments, he's not confessing his own sins. In his last moments, he's pointing at the sins of others. And I don't know where he is today. We know where David is. <laughs> 
We know where Elijah is. We know where Joshua is. I don't know. His very last moments, he could have said, Lord, they should have chopped off my neck. I have so much sin. Will you forgive me? No. These people are so sinful. Let's avenge them. He did not know his sin. He was a proud man. And that's why when the presence of God left, he did not know. What if? <laughs> what if? When the stakes was high, when he was just about to die, what if he prayed this prayer from David? If we can go to the next slide. What if he prayed this? Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. It would have been enough for God to stir up something new in him. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. I'm, a, I'm, I'm wrecked. I'm dead in the water, Lord. I don't deserve your forgiveness, but will you forgive my sins? No. Look at David's prayer. Just a little bit later, it's, we're almost finishing off. David prays. He says, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Check what he says. Cast me not away from your presence. Samson, Samson did not even know when God left the building. David's like, Lord, please. Just not that. You take anything, but don't remove your spirit from me because I will explode and die. And so I have two things for us as a congregation. If you are visiting and God is stirring in your heart, join us in this. Let's seek his face. Let's seek his face. You're worrying too much about this one thing that's not happening and it's, a, it's circumstances and it's an earthly thing. You, you're putting too much of your thoughts and your soul on that thing. Get into his presence. He will take you through it. And if you are there because of sin, he will lead you to pray like David said, like David prayed, Lord, my sins are ever before me. And God will take you out. Some of our circumstances we are meant to go through. And some of it takes years. Some of our circumstances we're there because of our own sin. And when we repent, God lifts it from us. doesn't matter which one. Here's the key. His presence with you. That's the key. The second thing is, let us become aware and let us, be, let us have enough self-awareness to know we are sinful and say it. And even say it to a friend. Hanu, I messed up this week. This is what I did. And I, I actually, something in my spirit is not right. Because you know what? There's a different standing you have with God when you are in sin. Okay? Because he always leads you to repent and then the river flows again. Let us be people that's aware of his presence 
and aware of our sins that we may joyfully repent of it and experience his presence in a full way again. Does that make sense? We need to know our sins, not to make them big, okay? Not to say, oh, I've got so much sins and talk about your sins the whole time. No, you must know them. Because if you know them, they get washed <laughs> if you confess them. Amen? Let us confess our sins and learn to live in his presence. And so here, Samson, the scripture is clear. It says, when one man repents, the heaven rejoice." Why? Because Jesus paid for sins. And it's not nice when someone died in vain. Okay? And so when one man accepts Jesus, the angel shouts, Oh, his death was not in vain. Here's another one. Praise God. And I can see the heavens. Here the man is. He's about to die. And everyone is looking. Say it. <laughs> say, forgive me. Just say it. And, and he talks about the Philistines sins and then he dies and, and it's like creak, creak. Because when we bring our sins, the heavens rejoice. Because there's grace for them to be washed. Amen? Whether it's for the first time in your life or pressing back into his presence, being renewed in your spirit. Not like Samson, like David. Let's stand tonight. A lot of stuff happened tonight. Let's just land these two things in our spirits, okay? Awesome. Will you close your eyes for a moment and just breathe deeply? Let's allow the Word of God to work in us. Let it, let it not be a waste tonight. You were here, you, you presented yourself to God, whether you came to support the baby dedication or came with a friend, you were here. Now let the word of God bear fruit. I want to ask you to respond where you are tonight. I first want to say this. God is not walking around in this place because he's angry with you, okay? He's working in you and stirring in you because he loves you with an everlasting love. And the best way he can love you when you have sins is to lead you to confess them and be relieved of the strain you are experiencing. And many churches today don't even talk about repentance anymore, okay? We have to repent and turn our hearts back to God. Daily, weekly, whenever there's a chance, we should not be shy to say, hey, I have sins to repent of, okay? And so tonight, I want you to draw near to God in a prayer of repentance. You have something to repent for. I have something to repent for. 1 John says, if we say we have no sin, we are making God a liar. So push closer. I want to give you a minute. What's that one thing? Was it anger? Was it words that came out of your mouth? Let's get just into the practice of not holding it in, not carrying it with us for another day. 
Oh, Lord, when I said those words, I knew, I knew it did not come from love. Please forgive me for those words. Lord, yesterday when you said A, I didn't listen, I did B, and I, and I, felt, I felt it actually. I just want to come back to you. And he'll wash you immediately. Some of us need to repent because we have more faith in finances than in God. Okay, so you have to start tonight and say, Lord, I have a problem. I have faith that money can keep me safe, but I don't have faith. And you pray that prayer. Say, Lord, just start with me a journey where I trust you. Some of us trust people more than God. And so when people criticize you your whole world falls apart because everything rests on their opinion paul said if i wanted to please men i would not be a preacher of the gospel so whatever the spirit is stirring on your heart say lord forgive me And I want to say this with a lot of love. And we're not calling people out tonight. I want you to respond in your seat. If you cannot pray prayers of repentance, you're in danger. I'm saying it with love. Because when you pray those words, He comes. And He meets you face to face. And that's my heart for you guys. And number two, I want you, where you are standing, to tell God that you desire His presence in your life, in your car, when you drive, in your home. I desire your presence more than the presence of my spouse. It's not a selfish prayer. It's a prayer that will save your marriage. I love your presence more than the presence of my mom and dad. It's not a selfish prayer. If we love God most, we love others best. Lord, I love your presence more than the presence of my young child. Difficult prayer to break.